Welcome to Jedi Dropouts, your weekly-ish geek out. Uh, I'm Ryan Taylor. Ish. Ish. And I am James Ish Moss Ish. <laughs> uh, today we've got some news, some reviews, uh, and maybe some blues oh, clues. Ain't I don't got know. no blues. <laughs> uh, right off the bat, there are two things I want to address. Two not so fun things I just want to mention very briefly. First of all, uh, we have pre recorded our episode for next week. And uh, in that episode, which we recorded uh, maybe a week ago, something like that, I made some jokes about ACDC. And literally, like the day after we recorded it, Malcolm Young died. And I just yep. want to—I just want to say right now that is bad timing. I never would have made a joke about ACDC so close to a band member's death. I'm still not a fan, but you know, uh, R.I.P. Yeah, I've never been a fan of ACDC, but I definitely have respect for everything they did for the music oh, genre. Oh, one hundred percent. So I, I'm not going to go back and edit that out. I'm not going to change anything. But I want to say right here. Uh, that's not an ill-timed joke. It's just bad fucking timing. Um, and the, yeah. the second thing... The jokes I'll... were not made post-mortem. Yes. And the second thing I want to address is, yes, we are aware of all the ridiculous, terrible shit going on in Hollywood, and the reason we have not addressed it is because this podcast is a place for escapism and fun and entertainment... And you, if you want to see the terrible, shitty, bad-feeling news, there are many places you can do so. We would rather just talk about geeky shit and, and give you a place to uh, forget about how terrible the world is. Yeah, and plus we were kind of shitting on Brian Singer and Brett Ratner before these allegations <laughs> came out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll take shots at people, sure. That, like we won't we won't completely ignore it, but we're not going to dedicate a, a large portion of a podcast to talk about things that are already out there. And we shouldn't need to talk about this stuff anyway, because it should already be assumed that we condemn that kind of bullshit. Oh, one hundred percent, we condemn so, any of this. Uh, I am of the mind of believing the victim as is. So I, I yeah, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get off of that. I wanted to address those two serious things before we get into the fun shit, which will comprise the episode. Yes. Business in the front, party in the back, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Just like my pants. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Let's go with the geek news. I got a quick update on a bit of geek news from last week. Lord of the Rings at Amazon is going ahead. They have Woo! they have the rights. They have committed to multiple seasons already. Um, do you have any idea how much they paid to get the rights to this? I'm assuming it is a metric fucked on. Oh yeah. Uh, just for just just so you have an idea of where this stands, the most expensive TV show, I think maybe in history, is Game of Thrones, 
And yeah. right now, Game of Thrones episodes cost $15 million per episode. Jeez. That's current. Uh, when the show started, it was around six. Average TV today is $10 million per episode. Uh, before any production costs are involved in any way, literally just what Amazon paid to have the rights for Lord of the Rings, $250 million. Jesus. Yeah. This is going to be fucking expensive, and I bet you it's going to look fucking pretty, because they're spending another 100 to $150 million on the first season. It's going to be... That is no. It's going to be... They're going to be $400 million in by the time that season airs. So, I mean, they're, they're, going, they're swinging for the fences here, but... Um... One other thing, we talked about this last week, uh, about Lord of the Rings at Amazon, and you were excited for it, and I realized something. We have never discussed Lord of the Rings, me and you. I didn't know you were a fan. I wasn't initially. Okay. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, my interest in Lord of the Rings kind of developed after the initial trilogy was out. Yep. Um, my ex was into it, and it kind of was like the whole thing in uh, Clerks 2, where it was like Star Wars versus Lord of the Rings debate. Oh, uh, okay. Me being pro Star Wars and her being pro Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. And I already watched them all. I just, you know, I was just of the mindset like, they're not as good as Star Wars, so fuck off. <laughs> but then right before The Hobbit came out, the first part, I rewatched the original trilogy. Okay. And I liked them the first time I watched them, but then the second time I watched them, I was like, man, these are so much better than I gave them credit for. They really and are. Now I'm even more so into it. Nice. Uh, yeah, same thing for me, but kind of the opposite, where I I was vaguely interested. I had seen the movies, and then when I started dating Charlotte, Charlotte is a big, big Lord of the Rings fan, and she has the deluxe extended edition box sets for each individual movie. So... Uh, since we started dating, the Hobbit trilogy came out. We got to see uh, all three of those on the opening weekends, and uh, we have we've binged the extended edition trilogy of the Lord of the Rings multiple times. Which is fuck. How long is that? It was like ten hours, if I'm guessing, ten or eleven hours for three movies. If you do the extendeds, but it's worth it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So. Uh, I didn't realize you were a fan, and uh, we got to look at doing a fucking Lord of the Rings episode, man. <laughs> like, yeah, we should. It's not even something I mentioned because I had, I didn't know it was something you were into. Uh, so, yeah, we we're, we're gonna have to rank those or fan cast a series or both at some point. Yeah, we should. I've been looking for an excuse to watch them again lately, honestly. Yeah, me, um, me too. I was going to watch 
uh, Return of the King in the Two Towers yeah. at work, and I was about to download them on my phone on Netflix, but I realized that the first one wasn't on there. Oh. That's and I was like, well, fuck that. I'm not watching two and three and not watching one. Oh, yeah. So I kind of held off on that. Cool. Uh, more geek news here. Something we talked about in our second episode, and not the thing that you're thinking. Uh, Super Mario Bros. animated film in development. Cool. Uh, Illumination Entertainment is doing this one. And that's the studio behind the Despicable Me movies, uh, Sing, and The Secret Life of Pets. So, not Disney or Pixar, but not fucking bad either. No. I'm, like, I haven't seen Sing, and I haven't really seen all the Despicable Me's, but I thought Secret Life of Pets was awesome. I, I enjoyed Sing, and I enjoyed Despicable Me. Yep. So I'm I'm on board for it. I mean, I don't know if they're gonna match your uh, Seth Rogen cast, but you know, they can try. Yeah. Who was it? Well, I mean, Jonah Hill. They can always call me up and you know <laughs> get me to consult. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it doesn't look like anyone from Disney or Marvel listens to the show because we haven't gotten a call yet but we don't know if Illumination Entertainment listens. They might. They very well might. It's very possible. Um, speaking of Disney and Marvel uh, news that I actually read half an hour before here so I had to add it in. Jude Law is going to co-star in Captain Marvel. Really? Yeah. No word on who he's playing but my guess would be the original Captain Marvel, the uh, the Kree warrior Marvel. That would be sick. It would be fucking cool. I mean, he probably wouldn't live through the movie, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh. So yeah, I haven't heard a whole lot else about Captain Marvel, but we've got Brie Larson, who is generally awesome, and Jude Law is confirmed to co-star. No idea who yet. Uh, so, you know, Marvel doesn't generally do any wrong anyway, but uh, more on that in the coming weeks. Uh, speaking of superheroes, have you heard this news? I, this one broke last night. There's going to be a Harley Quinn animated adult series. I had not heard that. Yeah. See, I didn't. T I, there was a lot of stuff I thought about tagging you in, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to wait and uh, see if I can give you some genuine surprise in here. Uh, DC are working on Harley Quinn animated series for adults, 26 half-hour episodes, and it's going to be coming to the new exclusive DC streaming service which is also going to feature the Titans live-action series and a Young Justice revival. Oh, that sounds so good. That sounds that sounds right up your alley. That sounds like something you would subscribe to. Hell yes. DC all the time, man. Uh, I mean, we're getting, a, we're getting a Deadpool adult animated series. DC's got to fire back, and Harley Quinn's the answer. 
yeah, it sounds pretty fucking cool. I, I want to hear who the um, the cast is going to be of this. I'm curious about that. But also, there is uh, some not official artwork, but just an idea of what they're looking at, and it looks interesting. It's like it's not animated like a typical DC thing. It's a little more uh, anime looking, I guess you would say. But uh, anyway, uh, speaking of female superheroes, I got some more news that broke last night. Mark Millar is launching a new Hit Girl comic book series. Ongoing. Ooh. First, The first of his to be ongoing because he did Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass 2, Kick-Ass 3, and Hit Girl, and they're all limited series, like six, seven uh, issues, right? Yep. In 2018, he's launching an ongoing Hit Girl series. For those that don't know, that means whenever it is, every month, I guess, there will be a new issue until it ends, basically. The first arc is going to be written by Mark Millar himself, writer of Kick-Ass and Kingsman. But here's where I'm fucking excited. The second arc of Hit Girl is going to be written by Kevin Smith. Fuck off. Yeah, man. Doesn't that sound like a perfect pairing? Like Kevin Smith's dialogue and his fucking snarky writing with Hit Girl? God, I want that so bad. I want it fucking immediately. Oh, man, I'm gonna have to read that. I'm I'm a fucking huge Kick-Ass fan, and I'm a fucking bigger Kevin Smith fan at this point, right? I love Kevin Smith. I will tell anyone anytime that he is my favorite director. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's not my favorite director, but he is maybe top three, definitely top five. But I just love him as a fucking human being, man. I like I listen to three or four of his podcasts every week, every episode. I've fallen behind, but the only podcasts besides ours that have been on my iPod is Hollywood Babylon and Fat Man on Batman. And, uh, yeah, those are my main two, but also I've started watching Frasier <laughs> recently, which seems kind of out of the blue, but I, I'm hooked on Frasier, and I've been listening to him and Matt Myra's Talk Salad and Scrambled Eggs podcast along with it, their episode-by-episode <laughs> review of every episode of Frasier, and it's fucking fantastic. It's the best way to watch Frasier. Nice. Uh, so all of these things sound really good. So we're gonna have to throw in something here that does not sound good at all. Uh, Fox announced another movie they're working on. Uh, huh. Fuck. Fox are doing a multiple man movie. Really? Yes, they're doing a multiple man movie, and that alone doesn't sound like a bad idea. But they've casted him already. Uh, Who is playing him? James Franco. What? I'm like, I'm sorry, but Multiple Man starring James Franco and James Franco and also James Franco and guest featuring James Franco. That doesn't sound like a good movie, man. I don't. Um, yeah, like, I, can, I can enjoy James Franco, but. He's got to be in an ensemble for me. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. James Franco has, has like I used to be a big fan when he was doing all that Seth Rogen shit, but 
he's kind of weird and he's a little bit creepy and he's really kind of like turned me off from his stuff as of late yeah so I, it could be good I don't know but I don't I'm not uh, holding my breath on that one yeah really though yeah well uh multiple what, man of all people oh yeah multiple man like they're going they're getting they realize that the weird shit works for them so I guess they're going all for it with new mutants and they're going straight into left field with fucking <laughs> multiple man oh yeah they are yeah they are I don't know uh I yeah, that's all we need is 20 James Francos on screen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, think of all the underage girls you could hit on. Um, now, let's, we might as, we're not going to end it in the news on a negative note. We're going to go to the exciting news, at least in my opinion. James, uh, you predicted something back in episode two, and it's fucking happening. Morbius the Living Vampire is getting his own movie. Can't wait. Like, all you said was maybe to feature in a uh, a Blade series or a Blade movie or something like that. Blade or Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah, but he's getting a movie. Which is fucking exciting. It is. And I, it looks like Sony is trying to, to find their own thing. I mean... They're getting. They're doing a, a Venom movie. They're doing a Morbius movie, so it looks like they're taking their best villains and trying to go for a dark, sort of grimy thing here. Uh, I like that idea. So do I. So my question for you now, and uh, no preparation here, so no no uh, no pressure. But what other Spider-Man villains? Would you like to see Sony turn into solo movies? Um, like Hobgoblin for one. Hobgoblin. I, I assume they're going to stray away from anything they'll be using in the MCU. So I assume yeah. that Shocker, Scorpion, nothing like that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, see, I think um, I think with Venom happening. I, think, I want to see Mysterio. So Mysterio. if they're not going to do Mysterio in the MCU, I'd really like to see a Mysterio movie. Yep. Um, I've got three picks I'd, here. I'd like to see them do Hobgoblin. Craven the Hunter would be a good one. Craven's on my list, man. I love Craven. That's one Spider-Man villain I've always wanted to see on screen. I think I think with the Venom movie happening, I think a Carnage movie would be cool too. Carnage would be a good uh, spin-off or sequel yeah. to the Venom movie. Yes. And I still think Matthew Lillard would play a great Carnage. I I agreed with you at the time, but I saw a recent picture of Matthew Lillard, and I don't agree anymore because I think he's gotten a, he's gotten older than I thought. He looks like somebody's dad. Or yeah. maybe a potential grandfather. Like, I, I didn't expect him to age that quickly, but... Uh, well, my second pick for Carnage is still Eddie Redmayne. That's awesome. That's a good pick, too. 
Uh, yeah. Something else I was thinking about here. We were talking about Venom and maybe how Carnage would be a good villain. But yeah. what if what if they took the route of uh, not exactly Carnage being villain and Venom being the hero? No, not not that per se. But what if they took the route of uh, the Edward Norton Hulk movie of making your main character both the hero and the villain in a way? So you don't need okay. to sort of counterpoint him exactly against a villain. Although they did in the end with Abomination, he was still very much... He was the hero of our story, but the villain to the world. Like, what if yeah. what if they framed it in that way and had Venom uh, being our protagonist, but also, uh, you know, obviously looked at as a villain to the world and then they could somehow bring Carnage in for a sequel. You know what I mean? I dig that. Uh, I got one more villain here. I just think fits really well with the theme of Venom and Morbius. What if we had a Tombstone movie? Hmm. Tombstone? I'm not overly well-versed in Tombstone. All I know of, of Tombstone is what they showed in the 90s Spider-Man animated yeah, series. Yeah, my my first comic book ever as a kid was Spidey versus Tombstone, so uh, I've always had a bit of a a penchant for him, even though I'm not that well versed on Tombstone lore. He always just struck me as a cool looking character. He's got a menacing look, and he could fit with that theme. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, uh, I think it's time for us to move on to our reviews we got a ton of reviews to fit into this episode um first i'm gonna do a a little quick review here i didn't get to finish the whole series but uh hulu launched their web series future man last week uh starring josh hutcherson created by seth rogan and evan goldberg and I got to watch the first seven out of the 13 episodes. And holy shit, it's it's fucking awesome. I recommend this show so much. Uh, it's this, The story is basically... Josh, Josh Hutcherson plays a gamer. He's obsessed with this game. This is the only video game he plays, and it's the hardest game in the world. No one has ever beaten it. So, uh, this one night, he manages to beat the final level and at that point he finds out that the video game was actually sent from the future as a training program to find the savior of the world and uh, from there it becomes this whole time travel sci-fi comedy story right and uh, it is just fucking filled with references and Seth Rogen did not hold back on his jokes at all like it, it is filled with uh, vulgar humor, uh, and yes, the plot doesn't sound that original, but they immediately, he says, isn't this the story of The Last Starfighter? Like, he's very aware, right? Uh, yeah. I just want to share my favorite joke, because this is one of my favorite jokes I've heard all fucking year on a TV show. Um, the seventh episode mm-hmm. takes place in... Uh, James Cameron's house in the future because for whatever reason I won't get into that 
James Cameron has this advanced AI security, and uh, so one of the characters develops a bit of a romantic thing with this AI voice, right? And they're chatting in this room while he's laying on a, a, the door prop from the Titanic. And uh, she says something along the lines of, there won't be enough room on the door for both of us. Like, like this, because they, they can't, act, the relationship wouldn't work. And he immediately says, there's, there's tons of room on this door. <laughs> but the best part is the uh, the AI is automatically programmed to say certified door expert James Cameron would assure you there's only room for a smallish woman on the door <laughs> and it's fucking brilliant and the show is just filled with all that like that episode alone is one of my favorite episodes of any TV show this year because the James Cameron jokes are fucking out of this world uh, no. so I'm only halfway through it I recommend uh, it is exclusive to Hulu. I don't have Hulu. Shh. So <laughs> you can find it other places if you look. Um, that being said, we're going to get into... You just got to sleuth around for it. You just got to look around, yeah. And find someone nice enough to just let you watch it. Um, let's move on into the second review. James, you picked up Pokemon... Ultra Sun, or was it Ultra Moon? Ah, uh, both. <laughs> oh, you picked up both, did you? <laughs> yeah, I got both, but I've only been playing Moon so far. I mean, why would I start Sun until I finish Moon? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I still haven't finished it. So far, I've logged about 40 hours into it. Okay. And there's the point in the game where you encounter the Pokemon that's on, like, the cover of the game, like, before you go and challenge the Elite Four. Yep. I saved and turned off last night at the bottom of the steps you climb up to go to where the cover Pokemon is. Nice. So how is it so far? Uh, it is, there's some differences between Ultra Moon and Moon, but it's still very, very dialogue heavy, still very handholdy. I don't feel like they changed enough okay. at the point I'm at. Like, I don't know if most of what they added is post-game. Gotcha. But, I mean, there is more Pokemon available to be caught on the islands you're on, but they're not new Pokemon. It's just Pokemon from older generations that were only available through trade. Oh, yeah. So, like, you can catch, like, Noibat and Noib and a bunch of other Pokemon from older generations in this one without having to trade them all. Gotcha. Which, which is cool, but, like, so far I haven't run into anything brand new. And, yeah, like, they just added a few minor things to the story, and 
it just honestly it just feels like I'm still playing Moon okay um I don't have much uh, specific input because I have an update it. when I do actually finish the game because um I know there's a new area added to this game that I haven't gotten to yet okay so maybe the post game stuff is better I know they've like added a lot more legendaries from older generations that can be caught so once I actually complete all that I'll give an updated review of the game but right now it still feels too similar to uh, Sun and Moon and all my previous complaints are still there gotcha I don't. Uh, I don't have any specific questions to ask because I haven't played Sun or Moon myself. Yeah. Uh, also, for anyone listening who may have noticed some odd background noises within the last little while, the speaker that James is coming through started to die. So while you were reviewing Pokemon, I had to run across the room, grab a charger, and find somewhere to plug it in so that it wouldn't die. Uh, we're good. You might have heard some background noises. Uh, you might have heard some shuffling, and you probably picked up the sound of the speaker dying as well. Uh, sorry for yeah, this. Yeah, I heard a little something, but I just figured it was <laughs> you know minor technical yeah. difficulties that we could just push through. I'm not sure if my voice came through for all of that. I was talking back to you, but I was also on the other side of the room for a bit. Um, it was muffled. Okay. So, uh, sorry about the well, technical... We're back on track. We're back so, on track. Look at that. Fix the technical difficulties before we even... Before they even happened. We're fine. There you go. Now, let's get into the fucking meat of this episode. The shit that we're excited about. Uh, first, let's talk about Punisher. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, obviously, we we did our ranking of the uh, Marvel Netflix seasons. We did a full review of the Defenders. We're gonna have to talk about Punisher, uh, but I didn't get a chance to finish it. <laughs> I was so fucking swamped this weekend, and I would have been able to easily get through it if they allowed the download offline feature because I had a lot of time without Wi-Fi. But that's not so, which is where I got the chance to watch any Future Man at all. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm like nine, ten episodes in. So, you know, uh, th- for this one I will say, uh, don't spoil it for me. I'm actually very, very involved in this, and I don't want it ruined. Okay. I, that doesn't happen very often for me. That speaks well for this. Um, so, what do you what do you think? I loved it. I did too. Start to finish, I fucking loved it. Me too, man. Uh, Within the first five minutes, this show had me hooked. Where where would you put it amongst the other Marvel Netflix shows of the year? I know you like... this year? Yeah, you like Defenders a lot more than I did. Yeah, but this blows Defenders right out of the fucking water. Like, this feels like them getting back on track. This feels more yeah. like what they were doing prior to Iron Fist. I, I mean, I did like Iron Fist. I was a little harsh when I reviewed Defenders, but 
they were they strayed off a little and now it feels like they're finally fucking back on track yes and I mean John Bernthal is just so good he's amazing oh man I love this show uh, and I'm still loving it because I'm not finished there's more to come for me uh what do you think? What do you think of the casting in this show besides John Bernthal? John Bernthal, we knew, we loved, but everybody else. Um, Curtis is good. Yeah. Billy's good. Um, what's her name? Medina. Oh, uh, Dina Madani, Agent Madani, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoy her. I tell you who I really like though. Yeah. Lewis. Man, he was good, hey. Yeah, like. Yeah, the kid is a bit of an asshole. But you still got to feel for him, like oh, the man. trauma he's going through. That's the thing. Like, he he's obviously a villain, and I don't know how it turns out for him yet, but. Uh, yeah. He's, he's a very flawed individual, but at the same time, it's not of his own doing. He's... No! Like... That, and this, that's the heart of the show is the trauma of, of uh, the experience of war. And yeah. this kid clearly went through some shit, and it has deeply fucked him up. And he's only 26 years old. Yeah. I mean... Honestly, he doesn't even look that old to me. He looks quite young. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I didn't even think to mention him. I, I gotta say, I gotta give some props here. Ben Burns as Jigsaw. I didn't see that coming. Like, uh, looking up on this guy, he well, he was in Westworld, which I didn't realize. I, I he was pretty good in Westworld. But, I mean, this guy is known for playing fucking Prince Caspian in the Chronicles of Narnia. And, uh, I, I gotta say, he fooled me. Even though I went into the show knowing, okay, he's Jigsaw, he's a bad guy. Like, yeah. un- until the reveal of the, sorry, spoiler alert, he is a bad guy. <laughs> um, I, I actually was, I was charmed and convinced by his performance that like, oh man, maybe he's actually not a bad guy in this one. I think he's actually on Frank's side. <laughs> yeah. He, honest to God, fucking fooled me. I was very surprised, even though I knew he was a villain. And that's... Yeah, like, the... as, like, as soon as I heard the name uh, Billy Russo, hmm. I was like, that's Jigsaw. Yeah. Not the Jigsaw from the Saw movies. No, not not Tobin Bell, a.k.a. No. the former mayor of St. John's, Dennis O'Keefe, who looks just like <laughs> Jigsaw. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah, Jigsaw, who is known for having his uh, fucking brutalized face. Yeah. Um, if you've seen Punisher Warzone, you've seen how disfigured Jigsaw ends up being yeah yeah um man i i really liked and that's that's one thing this this show had over the previous two this one had villains this had fucking great villains yeah jigsaw uh you've got your 
troubled youth ex-soldier Lewis, and I mean Agent Orange, Rollins. Yep. He, he was an intimidating figure. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of uh, I don't know how to, how to pronounce his name Eben Moss Backrack as Micro man he surprised the shit I, out of me okay the last Micro we seen on screen was Wayne Knight holy shit it was <laughs> holy fuck yeah. I forgot that Pressure Warzone, we had fucking Newman yeah as Micro and I still thought Wayne Knight was Passable as Micro. Yeah. But this guy took Micro in a completely different direction. Oh, yeah. And I love him. It's, it's, he's a believable Micro. Yeah. Like, I know, even, okay, even as a, a chubby individual myself, I am aware that Micro was one of the few representations of the bigger people in comic books but I don't give two shits if you're gonna show me a character as awesome as this I don't care how big or small he is because this guy fucking did a great job yeah and I loved how like Spider-Man Homecoming had such an emphasis like Ned kept talking about the guy in the chair the guy in the chair the guy in the chair yeah and then we get Micro in this Punisher series who is one of the best guys in the chair there is he's got to be one of the earliest examples of the guy in the chair yeah he has to be I mean we we still have like Alfred Pennyworth and Barbara Gordon yeah Oracle yeah for sure yeah but, but Micro has always been there yep. for the Punisher oh, as yeah. far as I've been aware yeah for sure and some of my favorite scenes in this are the scenes where uh, Frank is using his his military and stealth skills combined with uh, Micro's recon. Like, when they work together, this show is... Ah, man, it's fucking... It's Marvel at the top of their game. Oh, yeah. It's so fucking good, you can't keep, keep your eyes away at all. And... Like... You're not finished the season yet, but I will tell you, like, even, like, like, Micro continues to be a great character. Awesome. I'm very excited to watch more. And I, I'm sure that as soon as, uh, as soon as we're finished recording, I'm basically going to end up getting time to watch it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that's how it always works anyway. I finished it all on Friday. I had the day booked off of work. Yep. And I was off the night before so I could go to bed early and get up early and start watching it. Yep. And honestly, I started watching it at around 10 a.m. I stopped long enough to shower and go see a movie in theaters. Yep. And then... As soon as that movie was done, I came home and I finished watching it, and then I went to bed. I, like, I looked at the time. I was like, "Oh, it's quarter to three in the morning. I only have one episode left. Fuck it, I'm finishing it tonight." You did your homework. <laughs> yeah. I uh, my 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 dog ate mine. 
Yeah, I uh, I gotta be honest. It it sort of slipped my mind on Friday morning. I I have been waiting and waiting for the show, and Friday morning I slept in a bit. I woke up, and the first thing I would have done if I had thought about it was go watch Punisher. But the night before, I actually bought uh, Mortal Kombat X on sale. And uh, so that had finished installing, and I woke up and I was like, I'm going to have some breakfast and dive into some Mortal Kombat. And like an hour and a half into playing Mortal Kombat, I was like, holy fuck, Punisher, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I had work that evening, so I mean, I I only got, I, I think I managed to get one episode on Friday. And then a second episode by Saturday morning because I, I got up a bit early for work and watched some. Um, slowly worked my way through over the weekend. And then yesterday I watched a fucked on. I was planning on watching the rest of it today. And then I got called into work at the last minute and we had to postpone our recording. And, you know, that's how it always works with us. Like, even a friend of mine who knows nothing about comics and my father who knows nothing about comics yes. have both messaged me and been like, this show is awesome. Yeah. I'm going to recommend it to my dad now, too. Um, man. It's great. Uh, what else is there to say about <laughs> Like, this show is fucking great. I, I'm, I'm not usually one for diving into backstories everybody knows, but... I really like the amount of time they spend on Frank's backstory. Yeah. And and how traumatic all the shit that's happened to him has been. Yep. I, um, I love the opening. One thing of... I will say about this show. Yep. And it's not necessarily a complaint. It's just something I didn't expect them to do. Yep. You're what, eight, nine episodes in? Um, finished episode nine. I have started episode ten. Spoiler alert for anyone listening who hasn't watched the show yet. Okay. But not a spoiler for Ryan. Okay. He doesn't want me to spoil it for once. Yep. Um, I didn't think it would take so long in the series for Billy Russo to actually become Jigsaw. Yeah. And and I think that's that's what I that's what I mean because he had had me convinced that maybe. He would be on Frank's side for at least this season, just yeah. because of how they were developing the character, and again because of Ben Burns portrayal, he seemed like a really nice guy. Yep. Yeah. Um, but that's the character too. Like he he's good at putting on a face. Yes, but before I even watched a single episode, and I had heard that Jigsaw was going to be in this. I assumed by the halfway point, like there's 13 episodes, I assumed by episode 6, he would be disfigured and looking like Jigsaw. Yeah. But as of right now, you're 10 episodes in, and he's still pretty as ever. Oh, yeah. Good and handsome. Yep. It's even commented on three or four episodes in when, you know, he's shacking up with special agent yep. um, she says like you know you have this scar here these scars here like you have scars all over your body from combat 
you're lucky that they missed this pretty face of yours. Yep. Um, I really like how this season started as well. I, I, and that's one thing I did uh, text you about when I was watching on Friday. I like that they, they, I didn't expect, I was expecting it to jump in and, you know, we have the Punisher, which, uh, the opening scene, that's what we got. But then, yep. it skips ahead, I don't know what the time jump is a little bit there, but, uh, and Frank is trying to give that life up. He's trying to move on. I didn't expect... Well, I mean, judging from the length of his hair and the length of his beard, I think it jumps ahead maybe... Oh, you know what? Four days? Is it is it that far? Is, I, I, sorry, is it is it only that that amount? I thought they jumped ahead like a few months. I'm just bullshitting because oh, like Jesus he Christ. has a lengthy beard <laughs> and his hair goes from like shaved crew cut to like all shoulder length. Yeah, you convinced me. Uh, maybe I'm just gullible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he can grow that much hair in four days. Yeah. Then that's superpower. Fuck. Okay. Uh, I didn't know you. I, <laughs> you're convincing. You're you're a regular fucking jigsaw, man. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it jumps ahead a few months, and he's trying to live a quiet uh, life. Uh, he's working at a construction site, and basically just. <laughs> Doing everybody's work after hours by venting his anger through uh, destroying concrete walls with a sledgehammer. Yep. And that's not the only thing he destroys with that sledgehammer because there's a fucking great scene with that. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that was good. And I like how they played that, too, because that was what? Was that all in the first episode or was that the second by that time. I think it was all still in the first. I know, but it felt like they paced it really well. Yep. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, you're, you're waiting the whole first episode. You're seeing Frank just being quiet and reading, and, uh, <laughs> man, when he lets loose, it's good. It's good. Pete Castleone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his, uh, his alter ego, his, um, what would you say his uh, his, his his secret identity? I don't know what you're. What, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. He uh, Pete Castiglione is his alias. Yeah, alias. There you go. Because uh, I guess he. I'm, he's had a number of aliases in the comics over the years. Like um, instead of going by the last name Castle, he's gone by the last name Rook. Oh yeah. It's not things like that, <laughs> like Frank Rook and yeah. stuff like that. But Castleone wasn't one that I was familiar with. Yeah, it could be in the comics. Hmm. I just I'm not familiar with that one. But I figured if he was going to go with an alias, it would have been something more like that. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, uh, The Nerdist with Chris Hardwick. I recommend anyone listening. Uh, they did an episode uh, with John Bernthal just a couple days before Punisher was released. And uh, I've learned some things about John Bernthal which fully explain how he's so good at acting as the Punisher. <laughs> he, yeah? he grew up a troubled youth, 
hung around with the wrong crowds, shoplifted, uh, you know, just did shitty teenage criminal stuff, and was basically headed towards a life of crime when he discovered acting, and he went straight from high school to a uh, theater school in Moscow and learned, like, traditional Russian method acting. So, he has the believability and the knowledge to play someone who's involved in crime and, and, uh, just the, like, sort of the, uh, the underbelly of a city, but at the same time, he has so much experience and knowledge with acting that, like, there's, there's probably nobody to better play Frank Castle. Uh, yeah, he even said, like, that he's no fun to be around when he's playing characters like the Punisher. Yeah. Um, you know what else was really fun to hear in that in that uh, interview? I didn't realize when they were auditioning, when neither one of them had their parts, John Bernthal was doing a movie in London with Tom Holland. Really? They auditioned together for those parts. Like, their audition tape is basically, is the same tape for Punisher and Spider-Man. Nice. Isn't that fucking cool? Uh, but I, I really like hearing uh, John Bernthal was saying that uh, Tom Holland, to pump himself up before each uh, scene, would just be like... <laughs> to himself in a corner like I'm Spider-Man I'm Spider-Man I'm Spider-Man <laughs> and uh, that has got to be the fucking most Peter Parker thing I've ever heard yo man uh, I, I rewatched Homecoming the other day I fucking love that movie uh, it's so good uh, if you get a chance watch the special features for Homecoming yeah oh yeah like the making of and like Tom Holland like doing a lot of his own stunts and everything like that and nice. having input on like what his stuntmen are going to do and like yeah like Stan Lee even says that the poses this kid hits and like the way he lands after a jump and everything like that yeah is exactly how he imagined Spider-Man doing it nice when he created him oh also uh John Bernthal comes from a family of athletes and has experience with boxing. So yeah, yeah, he like he's made for the fucking role. Uh, anything else you want to add on Punisher before we move along? Uh, everyone should watch it. Everybody, like, unless you just don't like good things. <laughs> It, yeah, it's just, it's great. Everyone should fucking watch it because it, the more people watching it, the sooner we'll get a second season. Yes, exactly. Um, we're it's going to be sooner than we expected that we're going to have to do a new defenders ranking because we've got two seasons added since we ranked them, and chances are we're getting another three seasons next year. Yep. So, awesome. Bring them on. Now we're yeah, gonna we'll, we'll reprise that list yeah. in the future. We'll, we'll wait till we have ten to choose from. 
yeah. as, as that. So we're at seven now. So yeah, maybe in a year's time we'll have we'll have our ten and we'll we'll redo it. Yes, sir. Okay, let's move on to somehow in a week with Pokemon Punisher, the biggest thing of the weekend. James, you saw Justice League. I sure did. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna come at this review a little differently. Instead of just letting you free reign, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some questions, and we're gonna go that route just to just to try something different, see what works here. Sure. So I think the best way to start this because let's be honest, the DC movies are very uh, divisive. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of people love them. A lot of people don't. Um, yeah. So, before we even talk about Justice League, what are your overall feelings on the DC Extended Universe specifically? Uh, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman was better than I thought it was going to be. Like... I guess the rest of them lowered my expectations enough that yeah, I didn't have high hopes for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. But that movie was fantastic. It was. Um, I've never been a huge Superman fan, so Man of Steel was good, but still like, eh, because I'm not a huge Superman fan. Yeah, your problems are more so. Batman- the hero than the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Batman vs. Superman, I mean, I enjoy the movie. I do. Um, Ben Affleck is a better Batman and Bruce Wayne than a lot of the other people who have played the characters in the past. Yep. Um, Jeremy Irons is great as Alfred. Oh, yeah, he is. And I had, like, everyone complained about Lex. But I had theories about Lex. Yeah. That either, A, it was just all up front so that people would just be like, okay, he's eccentric and weird and a genius and... I just assumed he was using that facade to kind of fly under the radar. Okay, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Either that or he, like, at the end of the film when he ends up in prison, gets his head shaved, you could see he's starting to get a little bit darker toned. Yeah, for sure. And I figured his prison stint would kind of straighten him out a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, other than that, I enjoyed Lex Luthor, and, yeah, like, I mean, there were a lot of issues with Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. But I still like the movie. I don't love it, but I like it. Okay. Suicide Squad was probably the movie that I was most excited for. Mm Mm-hmm. Out of those four. Oh, yeah. It's, and it was the one that let me down the most. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. So, uh, my next question was, 
what would you say was probably the worst of those movies going into Justice League? Is, that, is it Suicide Squad, I guess, or...? Yeah. Okay. So... I mean, it, people might argue with me about it, but how many of those people yeah. are just riding the Joker and Harley Quinn hype train? Yeah. Th- this was... I mean, Harley yeah. Quinn's a cool character and everything like that, but really, in a cinematic universe with... Well, A, romanticizing Joker and Harley Quinn is fucking batshit crazy. Oh, yeah. Because it's a very abusive relationship. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, he fucking electrocuted her when he was converting her into Harley. Yeah. He put her through electric shock therapy. That's pretty fucked up. Pushed her off of things, crashed the car, and she was, like, saying, like, I can't swim, and then... He just bailed out of the car and just left her there to drown yeah. or be captured by Batman. So it was kind of lose-lose for her. Yeah. But seriously, what is Harley Quinn going to do in this cinematic universe alongside some of these characters? Like you put her on screen next to Wonder Woman, yeah. all these Amazons. Or Superman, or like if she, if they end up putting Black Adam in a Suicide Squad movie, yeah. Like, what the fuck does Harley Quinn bring to the table in those situations? A, a baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, she's a very interesting character. Yes, it's great to see her getting some screen time. But for her to be part of a team, like, really, she didn't do anything that impressive in the movie. No. Alongside Deadshot, who's fucking Deadshot, like, fucking marksman extraordinaire. Katana, whose sword captures souls in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Captain Boomerang also didn't do shit in that fucking movie. No. Which is funny because Captain Boomerang and Harley Quinn, I think, were the more uh, charismatic performances of the movie. Yep. But uh, power-wise, they didn't do a whole lot. (laughs) Well, neither did Killer Croc, really. No. No. Really, the majority of the work was put in by Deadshot and uh, Rick Flagg. And, uh, fucking... What's El it? Diablo. Yeah, there you go. That's what I was trying to think there, yeah. I yeah. mean, the soldier played by Scott Eastwood, whose name I can't even remember, <laughs> really yeah. did more than yeah. most of the squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm just realizing we're now that uh, there are five DC movies we're gonna have to do a ranking. Yep. Once I see Justice League, uh, so. And I can already tell you, Suicide Squad is gonna be bottom of the list for me. I I'm gonna need to rewatch before I say that for sure, but it's it's not far off for sure. Um, yeah. So, the idea of this was not. <laughs> Not exactly to tell you exactly what the best and worst of the DC movies were. 
not uh, not you, the listeners, but uh, to get a feel for how you feel, uh, James, about these movies. So from there, the listeners can sort of gauge, uh, you know, maybe they wouldn't feel the same. Give them a baseline for... Justice League, exactly. in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Now now everyone knows how you feel about all four of those movies, and we can go ahead with Justice League. So, yeah. first off, the easiest question, is it good? I, I enjoyed it. Yeah? It was far from a perfect movie. Yep. And I've been reading things on it and discussing it with people, and I've been finding holes in it and there were problems with it things I would change things that I wish didn't get caught things that I wish did get caught (laughs) Henry Cavill's mustache (laughs) I was gonna ask you about that is it as bad as they say? um I didn't know until after the movie that they CG'd that out yeah but um one of the people I went with turned to me at one point during the movie and he was like is it just me or does Superman seem CG <laughs> yeah they spent... and I was like maybe they like because Henry Cavill is smaller than Ben Affleck yeah I was like maybe they just use CG to make him seem like make his stature seem a bit bigger to make him seem more super yeah but then afterwards, I got home and read about them CGing out his mustache, and I was just like, "Man, Walt, just fucking shave the damn thing and grow another one." Well, yeah. See, I was gonna, I was gonna mention this on our very first news episode because they spent uh, apparently millions of dollars to CG remove that mustache. That's fucking stupid. I know because he apparently he had contractual obligations with another movie where he had to keep the mustache but like in that case just rewrite the movie in a way that he's got some fucking facial hair give him a 5 o'clock shadow or some shit I don't know how the movie takes place but work around it better than that yeah anyway (laughs) fuck like you have Movember where people are growing mustaches to raise money and awareness for like men's health issues and stuff like that like different cancers and mental health and oh my god that's the worst timing and then smack dab like literally the middle of the month they release a movie where they spend millions of dollars to CG out a mustache. Oh fucking my god. Let Superman keep the mustache and donate all that money to the fucking charities. I never thought about that. Dude, that is the worst case of irony I've ever fucking heard. Like. Right? <laughs> oh my god. I wonder how much Alanis Morissette would pay for that fucking joke. Like, rewrite ironic. Because that is fucking way better. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Uh, uh. It's like, hey, yeah, on Henry Cavill's face. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got it, man. You you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, Alanis, hit me up. We'll collaborate on that, and then maybe, you know, you can officiate my wedding. <laughs> Good one. She does that shit. Yeah. But she does. 
Yes, Alanis Morissette is ordained to officiate weddings. Huh. Yeah, we already have somebody booked for next summer. Shit. Here's James's random fact of the day. <laughs> the more you know. Um, G.I. Joe. So, uh, speaking of uh, Superman and his mustache, let's talk about the rest of the cast here. Obviously, we've got Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot. Uh, they're all back. But we got a lot of newcomers to the DC Universe here. Yeah. we got Ezra Miller as The Flash. Does he steal this movie? It seems like he steals the movie. Some people said he steals the movie. One person I was talking to said that he was the worst part of the movie. Oh, really? But this is a person who also says he can't stand Ezra Miller. And, oh, like, well. Ezra Miller, like, he doesn't like his face, doesn't like his voice. He ruined Fantastic Beasts for him. Oh. Hmm. Okay. So well. this is a guy who just dislikes Ezra Miller okay. as a whole. Okay, well, you know. Sometimes, sometimes and you just can't take an actor, and that's that's all you can do. I, I try to treat each movie as a clean slate, really. Yeah. Like, there are actors who I'm like, oh, I really don't like this person, I don't like this actor. But I try not to let that, like, paint how I'm going into the movie. I try to, but I just can't take Sandra Bullock in any fashion. Yeah... There's people who I just can't get past it with, but I try to treat each movie like a clean slate for each actor and let them redeem themselves. Not saying I had anything against Ezra Miller in the past, but just like, I know people who went into this movie pre-disliking Ezra Miller, and that influenced their opinion on the movie people who are not going to see the movie or are going in with, like, pre-made opinions on the movie because they don't like Ben Affleck. Yeah. And I try to avoid, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, there are actors I don't like. There are actors who I think have butchered roles. But, like, if you go into a movie with your mind already made up that you aren't going to like this character or you aren't going to like this role, you aren't going to like this movie, then what's the point in even watching the movie? Yep. You're just looking for shit to bitch about. Yep. And like, s- sometimes people can surprise you. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I will readily admit I didn't want a Ryan Reynolds Deadpool. And that's got to yeah. be the stupidest fucking opinion I've ever had. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, as I was watching the movie, like, little issues would come up here and there, and I'd be like, ah, I didn't really dig that. Yeah. Well, I didn't let them, like, fester, because no. then if the rest of the movie was good after this thing I had an issue with, then I would have just not enjoyed it as much just because, you know, I don't know. Yep. Um, speaking of Ben Affleck as Batman, did you hear that he apparently wants out? Uh, I, I've been hearing rumors about that for the last year or so. I don't know if it's been confirmed or not. It's getting more and more likely, because... But, they already have a replacement lined up, I heard. 
I I know of someone the director has his eye on. Is it Jake Gyllenhaal? Yep. Which is funny because his sister Maggie played uh, Bruce's love interest, yeah. Rachel Dawes, in The Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Jake Gyllenhaal's Batman. Uh, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie with him in it that I didn't like. Uh, but I just I can't really picture him as Bruce Wayne or Batman not only that but if he's going to be replacing Affleck yeah I don't think he's old enough no they're gonna have the I don't know if they'll use Flashpoint as 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 a, a way to change things but if they make that still in Justice League Bruce and Alfred are talking, and they actually say, we've been doing this for 20 years. Oh, shit. So yeah. they actually confirm in this movie how long he has been Batman. Yeah. Huh. How much time has passed between, like, you know, starting and present day. Yeah. So Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't look like he could have been Batman for that length of time. No. No. Honestly, I kind of think if they're going to replace Ben Affleck with someone who's going to be the right age for that, I think John Hamm. Oh, shit, yes. Uh, oh, that's something I want to talk about. Um... This this the fact that we're reviewing Justice League the movie, it it struck a chord with me this week because I remembered one of the earliest conversations that me and you had, talking about fan casting and the future of superhero movies, and that was, fuck that's got to be like five six years ago. Where me and you were sitting in Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. And we're trying to cast a Justice League movie and, and at this point they had nothing beyond like the Dark Knight trilogy had just wrapped and that was it there might have been a Man of Steel trailer at that point yeah this was a while ago yeah it, like it, I think at that point all we had was a Man of Steel trailer and we were casting and John Hamm was one person we were saying for Batman way back then yep. uh we also said Ryan Gosling as the Flash. We did, which um, I don't know if I, I see it anymore, but uh, I don't know. I still like Ryan Gosling, so um, I don't know. I, I remember that today, and it's pretty cool that uh, here we are. The movie's out. You've seen it, and uh, now we're reviewing it. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, uh, maybe they'll do a like maybe if they're talking about the the Martin Scorsese, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio Joker standalone. Maybe this Batman movie they're talking about with Gyllenhaal is a standalone Batman story that's outside of the universe. Which I'm down for. If you want to do something completely out of the continuity of the movies, if it's a good Batman movie, it's a fucking good Batman movie. Um, yeah. So let's uh, yeah let's let's get back let's talk about the the new 
Justice League members here. Ezra Miller is the Flash, Jason Momoa is Aquaman, and Ray Fisher is Cyborg. Um, I loved the Flash in this movie. Yeah? He was the comic relief. Yeah, I kind of thought. Uh, his running was a little clumsy looking. Yeah. Did, did they... But... Uh, and, okay, one... I'm about to dive in all kinds of spoilers. Okay. I don't, I don't care about spoilers. I've already read most of them. So, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, if you okay. care about spoilers, earmuffs. Okay, spoiler, spoiler time. Um, Barry Allen is not yet a CSI. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, towards the end of the movie, when they're cluing up what everyone's doing, like, after the big bad is defeated, they, you know, it shows, like, Bruce doing this, Diana doing that, and Barry goes back to the prison to visit his father. Yeah. Played by Billy Crudup. How was which that? I thought was cool because, you know, Doctor Manhattan. He played Doctor Manhattan, but um, the Button incident, which I just read, in the whole DC thing tying Watchmen into Justice League and everything, yeah. is a Batman Flash title. Yeah. Which I just thought was kind of cool that yeah, you know for sure. Doctor Manhattan's introduced into DC in a Flash book. Yeah. And the guy who played Doctor Manhattan is playing the Flash's father. That's fucking cool. Yeah. But yeah, Barry comes back like the first time it shows him in talking to his dad, his dad's like, You're so smart, like you could do more than just like these odd jobs and blah 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 and this and that and something else. You could do whatever you want. Like, move forward with your life. And when they're cluing up at the end, Barry comes back and he, like, he's, you know, on the phone with his dad with the pane of glass between them and he, like, holds up the piece of paper. He's like, I got a job. Like, I'm going to be working as a CSI. Oh, nice. But, like, someone asks him, like, someone says earlier in the movie, like, so you got struck by lightning. And he was like, uh, yeah. Hmm. So are they saying like he got his powers just from being hit by lightning? Because if he's not a CSI, then he wasn't in his lab and he didn't have all those chemicals around hmm. to cause that reaction when the lightning hit. Oh. I don't know. That's... That's questionable. I, I just hope they explain it better when they if they go into like his origin. Yeah. Uh, how does uh, Ezra Miller do in a world where we already have uh, Grant Gustin's Flash? Uh, fucking like four seasons in here. Uh, does he do his own thing or does he try and do a similar thing? Oh, he's way different than Grant Gustin. Great and. And it's the kind of thing where y you can really enjoy both separately? Yeah. Okay. Like, cool. they're completely different. Like, Ezra Miller is, like, an awkward, like, socially awkward loner. Okay. 
and even when he's suited up and he's like dealing with the other members of the league he's like what do I do like I've never been in this kind of situation before or like I've never worked with people I've never been in a real fight like I uh, I don't know what to do please instruct me <laughs> but yeah like he is the comic relief I enjoyed him yep um I'm not sure if he was my favorite of the new people introduced oh, yeah. or not but he Ooh. he might be okay well then let's move on who was your favorite if it wasn't Ezra Miller, yep. it was Ray Fisher. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, how... I mean, I don't know Cyborg that well. I've read uh, some newer Justice League comics with him in it. I've seen... I haven't seen all of the Justice League Unlimited cartoon. And some Teen Titans, I guess. Uh, so, how how good of a job? He, he looks pretty spot on here. He looks great. Yeah. Um, it doesn't go too much into his origin yet either, which is something that I kind of wish they did before they introduced all these guys. Okay. That they you know, dove more into their backstory beforehand, like if they had their standalone movies first, like an Aquaman movie. and Yeah. Because... Like, there's not really any backstory for these three. No. They just kind of, like, show up. Yeah, they kind of rushed it. Yeah, they did. Um, but Ray is still getting... Or, well, Victor, character, is still getting the hang of being Cyborg. Yeah. Like, when you first run in the movie, like... Everyone assumes he's dead. They've had a funeral for him. And he's basically just holed up in an apartment, like, wearing a hoodie and sweatpants with the hood up over his head, and his dad's, like, visiting him. And he's just isolating himself. Okay. And, but every day, the mother box technology that he's fused with keeps evolving. Okay, yep. And, like, it, like, he starts, like, hovering off the floor. Like, little jets coming out of his feet, and he starts hovering, like, a few inches off the floor. And he looked at his dad, and he was like, I couldn't do that yesterday. Wow. And he's talking about, like, hearing languages in his head that aren't human. And he's slowly beginning to understand what the languages are saying. Jesus. And every day, like, the technology's evolving, and he's getting new abilities and stuff like that and but yeah I thought he was so cool and there's one part where like his like the alien technology that he's fused with recognizes something as a threat and goes into attack mode and he is like trying to stop himself from shooting at it oh shit and he's, like, trying to restrain himself and, like, screaming, like, No! I can't stop this! This isn't me! I'm not controlling it! But, like, it just automatically, like, picks up a threat and was like, No, time to shoot. 
You're uh, you're which I thought. What? You're making me want to see a cyborg solo movie. I really want to see a cyborg solo movie. Cyborg was came out of this movie like going into it. He was probably the character I was least excited to see. And coming out of this movie, um, he was in my top three characters I enjoyed. Awesome. Uh, so the last one here is uh, Jason Momoa, Zakoman. How was he? Kinda meh, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Man, that disappoints me. <laughs> I'm a very big. He, J- I'm a very he was big. Kind of a, he was kind of a bro. Oh. And like. He just wanted to solve things with brute force and, like, while Cyborg and, like, him and Cyborg kind of got into it a little bit and him and Flash kind of got into it a little bit. And he was just like, let's just do this. It's like, you know, they're, like, trying to do science and figure stuff out and he's just like, I just want to do this. (laughs) I heard, uh... I heard he was sort of the the Drax of the Justice League in that there's some comic relief from him, but it's not really intentional. A little? Yeah. See, that disappoints me. I'm a huge Aquaman fan, and I'm a fucking big Jason Momoa fan, too. I was really excited to see that. Yeah, like, I was looking forward to Aquaman. Like a lot, but I mean, I'm not saying he was bad, but I was underwhelmed. Okay. Because of like all, like there was more hype around Aquaman going into this than Flash or Cyborg. Yeah. But a lot of that was just because of how attractive people find Jason Momoa. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, like. I don't know, there were a few scenes involving him that I was kind of like, really? Hmm. Uh, Like, one scene involved, like, the one scene that Mara was in, and I was kind of like, what? Yeah, I I heard Atlantis in this movie is not, uh, not that enjoyable. Well, they barely show it. Okay. It's barely, barely in the movie. Gotcha. But when they do go to Atlantis... Yeah. And Steppenwolf is... And Steppenwolf takes off... Yeah. When Arthur and Mera go to talk to each other... Because she's like a aquamancer, I guess you would call it. Yeah. She can manipulate the water. Okay. She creates, like, a big bubble in the water so the two of them can stand on, like, the little dry bed part and there's, like, a open gap in the water and the two of them are out of the water talking. That's strange. Like, she does, she does this. She creates this waterless little orb in the middle of Atlantis so the two of them can have a quick conversation. <laughs> 
Oh. I don't I don't quite like, understand that. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like it didn't make sense. Like why the fuck did they do that? Like these people can live underwater. They can communicate underwater. Yeah. Why did they need to do that? I don't know, man. I mean, like, seconds before that, Mera was using these same abilities to be a badass in the one scene she's in because uh, the three mother boxes that Steppenwolf needs to create the unity... One of them was being guarded by the Amazons, one was being guarded by the Atlanteans, and one was being guarded by the humans. Okay. And when he shows up to get the Atlantean one, like, Mera is doing a decent job of holding him off for a second while Arthur shows up. And I'm like, fuck yes, like, this is the one scene we got Mera in, and I'm just like, man, like, that is fucking cool what she's doing to Steppenwolf right now. And then after he gets his hands on the mother box and takes off, she does that so her and Arthur can, like, have a brief combo. And it's just like, well, okay, that's disappointing. They built her up, made her look cool and do these cool things, and then just, wow, wow. Yep. Like, Steppenwolf shows up and he's, like, trying to fight people underwater and he's holding his own. Mm-hmm. But then, like, Mara is, like, like, he's swimming. So Mara will, like, basically, like, put big, like, water, like, she'll part parts of the ocean where he's swimming and he'll just, like, drop, like, on his face on the <laughs> ocean floor and then she'll just drop all this water back on him. Nice. That's pretty cool. And, like, yeah. it was so fucking cool. Uh, let's keep talking about Steppenwolf for a minute here. Uh, yeah. Two-part question, basically. First, yeah. how is uh, Karen Hines, as the villain Steppenwolf in this movie, uh, not exactly the most well-known Justice League villain and not really what you would expect for the Justice League movie? But also, how is Steppenwolf as a villain when compared to Ares, Zod, Lex Luthor, and Enchantress? Um, he was. See, I don't know much about Steppenwolf. Yeah. So not not so much so, not not so much how uh, accurate was it, but in terms of him being the big bad for a Justice League movie, like. Does he really seem like a, a plausible threat, or? Um, he looked a, he looked too CGI. Okay. I will say that. Um, he looked very CG. The design was cool. Could have been better animated so he didn't look so animated yeah but the way he fought the league and like the way he was executed I enjoyed it cool I thought it was a great like first step building towards dark side yeah 
who uh, is mentioned in the movie. I was going to ask that. So yeah. they name drop him? Uh, they did name drop him. Uh, Steppenwolf mentions his name. Awesome. Wow. Uh, once that I can recall. Cool. Uh, two- it's like once he creates the unity by bringing the three mother boxes together, he's like, for dark side. Oh, okay. I like that. Okay. Yeah. I'm into it. Uh, two more things. First off, uh, a question I thought of. Uh, a little while back, a friend of ours, listener of the podcast, uh, Matt Pike, he posted yeah. on Facebook asking uh, friends uh, what would be more suitable to take his kid to, uh, Thor Ragnarok or Justice League, before either movie was out now. So uh, I want to follow up on that. And do you think this movie is suitable to bring a kid to? Or is it... like Because some of the, the DC movies are a little dark, a little violent. You know, I don't know if I would bring a kid to it. No? No. Um, partially because the parademons, there's a lot of them. Oh, okay. And it is kind of dark, and sometimes it can be a bit... I could see it being frightening for children. Okay. So... I mean, it might not. I don't know yeah. Matt's kids, but... No, no, but, um... Uh, so that's in terms of frightening, but like uh, vulgarity, violence, because uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of violence. Yeah. Like, um, I I compare it to uh, Wonder Woman. It's Wonder... kind of gory violence, yeah. but there's a lot of fighting and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, but I know Matt takes his kids to like at least one of his kids is a fan of WWE, so I don't. Imagine that being an issue. Okay. I'm just trying to recall if there was language or not. Okay, yeah, gotcha. But for someone like me, like, I'm not going to really pick up on yeah. swear words in a Justice League okay. movie because, I mean, how much fucking Kevin Smith do I watch? Yeah, fair enough. Um, I figured I'd, I'd throw that in there for anyone with kids listening. Uh probably not any kids listening because that's not really our audience but no I just I, I just compare um, I, I if just if I had to say though I would say that Thor Ragnarok would probably be the better movie to take the kids to because it's more colorful and yeah. Marvel's Marvel's safer Mar- Marvel's a lot safer for that kind of thing um yeah I, I compare it to Wonder Woman because as good as Wonder Woman is I mean, there's a lot of that movie that takes place on a battlefield where you're seeing soldiers shot to death, and yep. uh, you know it's it's not really like it, it is pretty graphic. Like it's yeah. not they don't go overboard with it, but it's not really not really something it's friendly that, either. No, exactly. So I didn't know if I I know that they were trying to make Justice League more fun. I didn't know if they also went the same route in terms of. Uh, you know, making it a little more family friendly in the Marvel way, I guess. I wouldn't say it was too family friendly, no. Yeah. Oh well. You can always dream. Um, yeah. The last question, and I think the fitting way to end this: um, Are there any other name drops or Easter eggs, like the Dark Side one you mentioned, 
And uh, obviously, I think we should talk about the post-credit scene. Yes. Um, when Diana is explaining to some other characters um, Steppenwolf's origin and the whole thing with the mother box, she, it flashes back and shows like a battle between Steppenwolf and his army. And she's saying, like, all the armies of Earth had to band together to stop him the last time. Okay. And so she's like, the Amazons, the Atlanteans, all the armies of man. And so here's Steppenwolf and his army on one side of the battlefield charging, and then there's the other army charging. And she said that this was about 5,000 years ago. Okay. And... At this point, I had to cover my mouth because I almost, like, I was geeking out so hard I almost let out an audible squeal in the theater. Okay. There was a Green Lantern there. Oh, shit. Seriously? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I thought I knew all the spoilers for this. Man, I didn't know that. That's fucking awesome. There was a Green Lantern there. Yep. It... It gets killed during the battle. It wasn't oh. human. Oh, okay. And the ring comes off its finger. Yep. After it gets struck down. Mm-hmm. Flies up in the air, like, flutters around a little bit like the snitch from Harry Potter. Yep. <laughs> and then, like, takes off. You don't mm-hmm. see where it goes. Oh, but the shit. ring, like, goes and flies off to find its replacement. Oh, that's fucking cool. Yes. Oh. And part of what I was discussing with uh, someone today was there was also a person there who was shooting lightning out of their hand. Oh. At Air Demon. Really? They thought that this character was Zeus. Okay. Because, you know. Yeah. Um... Zeus gave life to Diana and, you know, his tie-ins with the Amazons. Yeah. And Themyscira and whatnot. Yep. But when I saw this character, I took that to be a previous incarnation of Shazam. Oh, okay. That, it didn't, not that I'm aware of, confirm whether, who it was at all. But I saw that and I instantly thought Shazam because, I mean, Billy Batson is just the current incarnation of Shazam. Black Adam used to be Shazam. He was granted the same powers by the same people, but he just, you know, his ambitions grew the way they did and they decided that he needed to be, like, banished off far, far, far away. And then when he comes into conflict with Billy Batson, our current Shazam, is when he's just making his way back to Earth looking for revenge. That's pretty fucking cool. So, like, yeah, there's been numerous, numerous Shazams over the years, to my understanding. So I took that as, like, this was, like, an ancient... Like one of the first Shazams. 
I'm into it, man. But it could have been Zeus as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, J.K. Simmons as uh, Jim Gordon. Yep. Wasn't in the movie a lot, but he was fantastic. Like on par with Gary Oldman. Nice. Yeah, like no, I was I was super impressed with J.K. Simmons. Like I, like from the time he was in this movie, it made me even more excited for standalone Batman film. Yeah, they uh, they cut a lot out of characters. I mean, uh, Iris West was supposed to be in there at some point. She got cut. And uh, fucking... I can't remember the character's name. Willem Dafoe was supposed to play a character in Atlantis. I assume they cut him as well. Yes, he was cut. But, uh, yeah, I'm guessing that uh, J.K. Simmons got cut down there a little bit. From what he originally yeah. was, he wasn't cut it completely, but I—it's safe to assume that his screen time was cut down. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, a a post-credit scene you were telling me about. There's two post-credit scenes. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's. Um, okay. Ma- one is major spoiler territory. Uh, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, you want to turn away now. Go for um, it. Okay. There's a scene where they first resurrect Superman. Okay. In the movie. And, like, this is me building to the first post credit scene. Yeah. Um, when they first resurrect Superman, they're like, he might not be himself, blah, 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 blah. And... Superman's confused and he's there and he's just like staring down the league and he's just kind of like, he doesn't know who they are. Yep. And that's when Cyborg's suit, or his, not his suit, his um, technology second you're, you're cutting up a bit there okay okay uh just uh rewind a sentence or two there uh, i'm not sure what okay. happened with the the feed there okay so superman is resurrected he's a bit confused yep the league is like kind of staring him down minus batman yep just kind of being like yo you okay aquaman is nervous Mm-hmm. Because he knows how powerful Superman is from, you know, the news and everything else like that. Yep. So his heart rate is elevated. His heart is pounding. Superman can hear his heart rate and see his heart pounding. And, like, his adrenaline's going on. And so the rest of them are telling, like, Arthur, like, dude, slow your heart rate down, calm down. He's going to think you're, like, getting ready to fight. Yeah. So Superman starts getting a bit aggressive because of this, and then um, Cyborg's suit, or his, I keep saying suit, fuck you Iron Man, (laughs) Um, his technology reads uh, Superman's posturing and whatnot as being hostile, so it goes into attack mode and shoots at Superman. Mm Mm-hmm. 
while he's trying to stop it. Yeah. So then Superman's like, all right, we're fighting. So then he attacks. So the three of them are fighting, blah, 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 and, like, all three of them are trying to restrain, like, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, are all trying to restrain Superman. Yeah. And he's, like, starting to push them off a little bit. And then Flash goes into Flash mode and starts running super fast, and everything slows right down like it always does. And as he's circling around them, getting ready to come in from the back and take a swing at Superman. Yeah. As he's running around Superman, Superman's head turns and follows him. <laughs> and so this is like the first time anyone's ever been able to keep up with Barry's movement. Yeah. And like, it just kind of cuts back and forth from like Superman's face to Barry's face as this is happening. And you could see just like this, oh shit, expression on Barry's face. <laughs> and then later, after Superman becomes himself and everything like that, like, they're both like evacuating people and rescuing people. And Barry's like running and Superman's like flying alongside of them. And they're talking while they're moving super fast and then they split off in different directions. And. Barry, like, saves a truckload of people, and then you see Superman, like, carrying a house full away. <laughs> of course. And Barry's like, well, fuck you, you're a show-off. Yeah. So then you get to the first post credit scene, and it's the two of them getting ready to have a foot race. Oh, nice. And they're like, okay, so we'll go from here to the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and they discuss, like, the terms of it, like, if I win... This is what happens if you win. This is what happens. Nice. And they get ready to go, and Barry lights a firecracker and throws it off in front of them, so when it goes off, like when it pops, that's going to be their signal to go. Nice. And it pops, and they start, and then that scene's over. Yeah. Which which was cool. It's a nice... uh, It's a nice throwback to... One of like one of the bigger DC debates: who's faster, Flash or Superman? Right. Which has been settled. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as far as I know, they've raced three times, three major times in the comics. First two times they were neck and neck, and then the third time, Barry basically tells Clark, like, "Yeah, but those were for charity, so I was kind of sandbagging it to." You know, make it look like you stood a chance. Yeah. And then just blows by him. <laughs> but as of right now, like, this is still a fairly young Barry Allen. Yeah. Like I said, he's not even a CSI yet. No. And he's he hasn't had his powers for that long. No. I mean, his powers have a far, far away to go. Yeah, exactly. But he's still, like, keeping pace with Superman. Yeah. Which shows, like, you know, once he actually starts getting the handle of things and being challenged by other speedsters, yep, like a reverse Flash or Zoom or anyone, mm-hmm. then, you know, he's going to start getting super fucking fast. Yep. 
which is going to be fucking great. Yep. Um, the second post credit scene, however, that actually made me jump out of my seat. Oh, this is what I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for here. Um, they're inside a prison. Okay. And the doors start opening because it's like meal time or something like that for the inmates. Yep. And you can see guys shuffling out and going on out. And then there's one room at the end of the hall. Doors open. Bald guy stood back onto the camera, not moving. Mm-hmm. Guard comes out. He's like, Luther, come on, like, get moving. Doesn't move. He's like, all right, Luther, like, if you don't come out, I'm coming in. Still doesn't move. Guard's like, all right, I'm coming in. Takes a step in. Bald guy turns around. It's not Lex. Oh. It's just, like, some crazy guy, and he's, like, laughing and smiling, and he seems hysterical. Oh, okay. Then it cuts to a speedboat on water at nighttime. Yep. And it's like an over-the-shoulder shot of the person driving the speedboat. Yep. And there are two swords coming off the back. Oh, yep. (laughs) And I instantly started losing my fucking mind. Yep. Speedboat pulls up to a yacht in the harbor. And then it kind of zooms out and it shows Deathstroke get off the yacht, or off the speedboat. In which case I'm like, yes, Fuck yes. Oh my God. And he walks up the stairs and there sat at, sat on the deck of the yacht in a suit, still bald headed is Jesse Eisenberg. Nice. And he seems much more like the cool, calm, collected Lex Luthor that everyone wanted him to be. Yeah. Yeah. And they basically have a discussion. It's like, you know, like, and Deathstroke takes off his helmet and everything. Of course. Yeah. So it shows, like, Joe Magnello with, like, the grayed out hair and the eye patch, which <laughs> looked fantastic. Like, it looked perfect. Yeah, you. In my you texted me right after the movie about that scene, and I had to go find a picture. And man, it fucking looks good. Yeah. Like, I was excited when they did Deathstroke in his armor on Arrow, but this makes that look like cheap cosplay. Yep. Although I did like Manu Bennett as oh, for Slade sure. Wilson. Yeah. But, yeah, and they, they're talking like, you know, like, what'd you bring me out here for? My time's expensive. Oh, I better be worth it. And basically, Lex is like, I think we should form a league of our own. Awesome. Man. Yeah. That's how you do a post credit scene. Yeah. Not not that Marvel hasn't done it, but that's how DC should be doing it. Yes. 100%. Yeah. There you fucking go. Well... I'd be interested to see who wins that race between Superman and the Flash, though, because... If Superman wins, Barry has to treat them all to brunch. Oh, okay. Because he was talking about brunch earlier, and he was like, I've never had brunch. Like, I've never understood the point of brunch. (laughs) Because, like, most social interactions just baffle me. 
because he's yeah. cast. Of course. And so Bruce told Clark about Barry's rambling about brunch and how it seemed just like this awkward situation, like, why not just have breakfast and then go get lunch? Instead, you wait in line with a bunch of jerks and call it brunch. And so Barry has to treat them all to brunch. Yeah. But if Barry wins... Clark has to go around telling everyone that Barry's faster. Nice. That's so be, it'd be yeah. interesting to see like if they address who wins that in future movies. And maybe to tie it back to the beginning of this episode, maybe they'll do a continuous thing like Gimli and Legolas's uh, uh, body count contest. Yes. That's what I want to see. That kind of. Uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, like the buddying around sort of thing, you know? The friendly rivalry. Yeah, exactly, friendly rivalry. You're you're getting all the words I'm trying to say out here. Um, you have anything else to add on Justice League? Or I think we covered quite a bit there. Um, the beginning of the movie. Yes. Uh, the first time it shows Batman. Mm-hmm. The way he moves and the way he's like going in the shadows and everything else like that is very reminiscent of A, the Arkham games. Mm, yep. But B, it is so, it reminded me so much of the 1990s Batman animated series. And I think those two things are undeniably good Batman. Like, I've never heard anyone say, Oh man, I love Batman, but I hate the animated series or the Arkham games. Right? Like, those are just universally, this is how Batman should be. Yeah. And that's that's, um, that's what I want to see in a solo Batman movie, that's stealth. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't care who plays Batman, as long as they nail those elements. Exactly. Um... um the scene immediately after that one, yep, which was the first Wonder Woman scene of the movie, mm-hmm. actually gave me goosebumps. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, she was kicking some ass. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, like, there was um, one part during the movie where Bruce, like, this was before Superman gets resurrected. Yeah. And Bruce and Diana are kind of talking. And they have a bit of a disagreement, and Diana kind of, like, gives Bruce a little shove and puts him on his ass. Yeah. But she doesn't need to use much strength in order to do that. No, I wouldn't imagine. Um, no. But, like, Bruce admits after, like, he's like, yeah, that, that was a shitty comment. I was being a dick, but I was trying to, like, push you because, like, really, you could be the one leading this team. Yeah. And... and He's saying, like, you know, because they're talking about Superman and their plan to revive him and whatever. And they're talking about how, like, Superman was, like, the symbol for hope and, like, everything else like that. And Bruce is kind of looking at her and being like, well, why aren't you that? Like, you choose to live your life in the shadows. Like, have this, like you have this persona of Diana and you work in, like, the art 
museums and blah, blah, blah. But when you're Wonder Woman, like, you go, you take care of business, and then you take off. Yeah. And immediately run back to be Diana. Yep. Why aren't you ever, like, staying out a little bit longer as one, like, I have to stay in the shadows as Batman. I'm scary. That's the point of this. Wonder Woman can be like Superman and be like this beacon of hope, this role model, everything like that. And Diana, you could see Diana's like thinking it over and she's kind of like, yeah, you're right. And then at the end, when they're showing like the where are they now type thing and and Barry's like, hey, dad, look, I'm in CSI now. Yeah. It shows Diana and it's just a bunch of, it's a handful of criminals being interrogated by the police while they're tied up with the lasso. Oh, yeah. And, like, they're just, like, completely spilling the beans to the cops. Like, yeah, we're this gang, and we, we're we doing this for this reason. But as Diana stood up, like, holding the lasso, like, kind of side on to them, a group of children is, like, all running up to her, like, mostly young girls. Nice. And they're all running up to her, like like fangirling over her and like wanting pictures and autographs and stuff like that so it's kind of showing Diana becoming more of that role model and that beacon of hope like Superman is known to be awesome yeah I thought that was a really nice touch that is really cool yeah so uh, out of the three that were added this movie it like Flash was funny, but I, like, he's still so green. Yeah. Like, he's, in the preview when he says, like, I just run really fast and push people and then run away. Yeah. That's a pretty good summation of what he does in the movie. Yeah. So I do kind of think that I'm going to have to give the edge to Cyborg as my favorite of the new three that were introduced. Um, well, uh, we're officially at the longest episode we've ever done. Woo! We're almost, uh, two hours in. So, uh, thank you. Yeah, we do, don't we? Yeah. Or maybe we just like the sounds of each other's voices. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we're just really good friends. Um. I, 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 unless you got anything to add, I think we can wrap it up. And uh, I, I, no, I, I think I've covered everything I had to say. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was our uh, Punisher slash Justice League slash Pokemon slash Future Man review. Mostly Punisher and Justice League. Let's be real. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when we started talking about those two, but it had to be... There must be a good hour of those two alone. Yeah. Uh, So, thanks for listening. This was our episode on the Punish League. Yes, the Punish League. Uh, Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, I said you all instead of you both, because I think there might be a third person this week. Um, As always, you can check out other episodes of Jedi Dropouts at www. JediDropouts.podbean.com or on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, or Google Play. And uh, thanks.
thanks for dropping by. Something, something, drop out. Later. Peace.